Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action and create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in the tech field starts right now. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Today I will be speaking with Leah Fowl. Leah is the founder and owner of 15,000 Qubits Digital Marketing Agency based out of Houston, Texas, and was recently awarded Houston's Business Journal's 40 Under 40 recognition. She has experience leading teams of all sizes and skill levels in multiple industries, in-house, agency, and nonprofit. Her unique strengths and skills are culture development, digital marketing strategy, customer and behavioral analytics, business development, leading mid-sized teams, SEO, SEM, and social strategy, website audits and growth strategies, communication, and roadmaps to success. With an entrepreneurial and business leadership experience of all shapes and sizes, Leah brings a variety of perspectives to any organizational growth challenge. With experience speaking on topics like core values, business growth, digital marketing, and digital trends on a national level, Leah aims to transform her own personal experience into growth opportunities for others. Welcome to the show, Leah. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Great. So let's get started. Um, Leah, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. So uh, my career journey has been a bit of a wild ride. Uh, It started with three years of door to door. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked uh, with no base salary, only off of commission. And it's one of those things where I look back and it's probably one of the most difficult things to do in the Texas heat going door to door with um, minimal training. Um, but that's where I fell in love with learning about leadership and personal development. And I really pushed myself during that season of my life. And um, through that, ended up uh, becoming a sales trainer and then eventually moved into uh, graphic design and social media, and I found a place where I was blessed with a phenomenal female business owner that took me under her wing and uh, mentored me for five years. And I ended up growing up in that role into marketing director, and then from there I fell in love with digital marketing, and I expanded out into the agency world, and I worked at a few different agencies and eventually started my own business and I've had my own business for five years now. Wow, that's quite a journey and really great experience. But the door to door, you're so right, is so difficult. Um, And just even straight commissions, you really have to push yourself. You have to really make sure that you are making a living with straight commissions. So there's no room for failure. So I really commend you. That's amazing. Honestly, looking back, I can't think of a better scenario where I could have learned mental toughness that that I need now as an entrepreneur to um, push through uh, learning everything that I need to learn to be a solid leader for my business. 
and my team. And I, that mental toughness that I learned when, when doing door to door was, it was really something that I, that I fall back on now. Um, and I use as a strength. So what sparked you to start your own business? You worked uh, at many other organizations and grew your skill set. But then what was that moment? Was there an aha moment that said, I want to do this for myself? It's a good question. So, you know, I think I, I think that there was a, a seed in me for a while. I, I have read leadership books and um, business books and entrepreneurship books for over a decade. And I, I loved learning about the philosophies and principles inside of them and, and was a, a student of entrepreneurship well before I had the opportunity. And you know, I'm a big believer that, um, that success comes from opportunity that meets preparation. And I didn't know that I was preparing for it. Um, but I really did love it. The, you know, looking back, I really just loved the idea of entrepreneurship. And I, I never really put honestly, a lot of thought into when am I going to start my business or am I going to do this? And, uh, and then the opportunity just presented itself. And, um, I had my first client without really trying. And, uh, before I knew it, I was a business owner and I had an LLC and all of those principles that I had been reading about started to come to life. And, I started learning things like the law of diversification and you can't just be yourself with one client <laughs> and you have to uh, have a team and you have to have multiple clients. And there's so much more to running a business than just doing the trade. Um, one of the books that I've read, the E-Myth is um, a phenomenal book that helped prepare me um, to realize those concepts quickly and um, start to evolve. And when I started my business uh, and I, I, I needed to get the LLC and uh, and take those steps. It was really um, a moment where I fell on some of those concepts I'd learned. And from the e-myth, it says, one of the principles in that book says, you need to start with the end in mind and have the primary purpose that you want to uh, reach in your business, in your mind when you start it. And and so it was it, it was initially about the trade that I did, digital marketing. It was about um, the activity. But from the beginning, I thought bigger than that. And I wanted to think about what I wanted to do with the business I wanted to start. And that that primary purpose has always been uh, about faith and about empowering and helping other individuals that have something that's burdensome on them and that they believe in and that they want to change and do in the world and, and add good out into the world. And, and those individuals helping them is something that drives me. And, um, you know, and 15,000 cubits, my company now, that's a part of our, our value system and our vision and purpose is empowering, educating, and bringing to life digital marketing in a way that it helps business owners and organizational leaders that are trying to make a positive impact and change in the world based on something they believe. They're taking steps of faith, they're moving, and they're acting on their convictions, and we want to help them. And so that's the that's the bigger purpose and the reason, and that's what started 15,000 Cubits, and, and that's how it kind of came to be. That's great. Wow. So five years being an entrepreneur, I think I know your answer, but any regrets or really, really happy that you did this? Uh, no regrets at all. I look back on my journey as an entrepreneur and a business owner, and I'm grateful. And I'm thankful to get 
the opportunity to learn and grow as a business owner every single day. And I couldn't be more happy about what I get to do on a daily basis. That's awesome. I mean, we all have challenges, you know, as being an entrepreneur, but even being an employee, you have those challenges. So uh, when you work for yourself, there's just that fulfillment that, you know, no money can buy. You just have that passion that just drives you, which which I love. So tell us a little bit more about 15,000 Qubits and how you help your customers. What types of services do you offer them and how do you work with your customers? So 15,000 Qubits is a digital marketing agency. We specialize in strategy involving social media paid, Google ads, SEO, and website design. We can act as an extension of businesses to help them in an area, one of those areas, or we can tie all of those components together and create a growth strategy for organizations. We also um, insert into larger companies as a, an arm or an extension or a breakthrough method for companies that are having a hard time reaching their growth goals on their own. So what size companies do you work with primarily? Where is your sweet spot? So we actually work with entrepreneurs and very small business owners, and we help them establish digital marketing and online presence. We also work with small to medium-sized businesses acting as an extension of their marketing team, or we actually do their Google ads or their social media paid or their SEO, whichever piece of the pie that they need taken care of, we can take care of it. That's great. So you can work alongside of them with their marketing teams or they can outsource everything to you and you can take care of it. And, you know, digital marketing is so needed today. And, you know, you really have to have expertise like in um, pay-per-click purchases, Google ads, those types of things, SEO, they're complex. And so bringing that expertise to your customers really is awesome. So, you know, I, uh, I know you're very, very passionate about core values and how that impacts organizations' culture. I, too, feel the same way, and we use our core values in our organization as part of, like, our hiring process so that we can ensure that the person who's coming in is a fit. So share with us some of your core values, what they are, and how is that reflected in your culture? And how do you bring it into your culture? And then how do you carry it on? Yeah, absolutely. So we have five core values. Um, as a as a first time business owner and um, and building a team uh, from scratch, uh, it's interesting how you can use core values to unite individuals and to steer the organization from the inside out. Um, from the very beginning, we were intentional about creating a value system that um, mirrors the, the Christian values that I have um, personally. And so our value system starts with um, people first. And um, right next to that, we have a growth mindset and celebration culture and time and efficiency. And um, those values are instrumental in making decisions um, and empowering my leaders to be able to know what's the right thing to do in a moment without having to be told. They can lean on their value system and figure out how to problem solve that 
that issue on their own and, and be empowered in that. And then, you know, on top of that, we've had a lot of conversation and action around the fact that we want to be intentional on the behaviors that are created from our values. So we actually define the behaviors that we want to create based on those values. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, celebration culture is something that we actively focus on as a group where we're very, another value, the fifth value that I missed was actually commitment to excellence. So we're very committed to each of these values. And at, at times they, they tug on each other. And so our commitment to excellence can at times have conflict with celebration culture, where we find that we're leaning too far into being committed to excellence and pushing everything for the best. And we're not really enjoying what we're doing and we're not having as much fun. And so we look for the behaviors that show that we're having fun while we're working and the way that we're engaging with each other, the way that we're talking with each other, are we having discussions that aren't just about work, but they're about each other? And are we modeling our people first value of caring about each other and not just getting work done? And so values being so intentional have really been something where everybody in the organization has a voice on our value system. And like you mentioned, it, it's, it's a hiring tool, but it's also a day-to-day -day tool to make sure that we're headed in the right direction from a high level that we want to be headed in and we're creating something that has the impact that we wanted to have on the world. And it's, it's something that I think is, it's often discussed, but not often brought to life. And what I enjoy most about being in 15,000 cubits is that the values are brought to life every single day and there's active discussion on it. And we have regular meetings um, discussing this. We're actually having a meeting today um, in our, our Friday fun day. Um, and we're discussing um, who has modeled a core value for you and what does that look like and why was that awesome? And, and, and it's fun to call each other out and, and to bring life to those values. Wow, I love that. I love that it's part of your culture. I love the Friday fun day. <laughs> I love the celebration culture because we have to con continue to celebrate our successes and celebrate each other, right? So for us to keep mo to stay motivated and keep um, pushing forward and seeing success along the way, these um, core values are critical. So great job in putting that together, not only for coming up with them, but then really ingraining that in your team because um, it really sounds like it's part of their core, which is really, really neat. So um, you talk about teams and teams are so valuable. And now, you know, with COVID and everything we're going through, we don't have that in-person um, connection as much as we did before. So what are some of the best practices for building a team? What are some of the things you've done so that your your team feels a part of a whole, that they are all a part of the whole and not in a silo? That's a great question, especially with the fact that so many businesses are going virtual. I think that when COVID-19 happened, um, we found ourselves in a unique position where we were already virtual. So from the very beginning, we've been a virtual agency. And 
we have been intentional to create an environment where we have relationships and um, we have uh, everything that a company that has a brick and mortar location, we have that. And what's ended up happening is that we actually have employees that have said that they have stronger relationships and feel like they have more of a voice in the company than in companies where they actually had a physical location. And, and so, you know, in building a virtual team, because I think that's, that's something that's very relevant right now. Um, we've, I've learned a lot about, about building a virtual team. And one of the um, sayings that we have that I go back to is clarity is kindness. And we struggled for a little bit uh, because it wasn't really clear how do we work in virtual and how do we work together. It's easier when you're in a brick and mortar and you can see how everyone else does it. But when you're in a virtual environment and you're in front of a computer and your connection is Zoom or some sort of a video screen and you get it in a limited capacity throughout the day, it's harder to find your place and it's hard to know what the right and, and wrong way of doing things is and and so we created a um, remote work policy and we made it fun we don't call it a policy but it's our way to do remote and uh, you know down to how do you sign in in the morning and how do you sign off at night and what how do you take lunch and and how do you do different things in our virtual world um, and and that really helps streamline a lot and I think choosing your tools in, in a virtual workplace is really important finding tools and and then creating the, the clarity around how to use those tools as a team is so important. We actually use Slack, but one of the things that we do with Slack is we have defined the way we use Slack. So we know what hashtags we use, we know what, what channels that we have and, and who's on them and why, and, and bringing purpose and clarity to the way we work is, is really important. And another thing that we've done is um, we have, actually been intentional in creating space for conversation that's not just about work and we have um uh we have lunches and phone calls scheduled between team members and um when possible uh we meet up in person and and spend time together just cultivating that relationship and when you're able to meet at the water cooler or in the lunchroom it's easy to do that but in a virtual setting you have to be really intentional and then the last thing that I would add that I think is probably one of the funnest things and something that has was just, I just stumbled upon it, but it's, it's become something that our team absolutely adores and we call it the unboxing. But every quarter at a minimum, um, I make trips to the store and I buy things that remind me about our values or about our team and I buy them in the quantity of team members we have. And I pack up boxes and I send them a fun box and we all get on a video and we unbox together and we have a good time just opening up that box and then everyone has the same type of pin or the same color lay or the same pencil holder and there are these things that are on their desk or things that they know that they have that unite them together and are fun memories and so things like that i think have been instrumental in, in building a team that has joy and connection with each other that's awesome. I love that. And, you know, I think we have to be more creative and bring those teams together uh, virtually. And, you know, like you, we've always been virtual as well. Our employees um, for the last probably five years, not always, but the last five years we've been virtual. So 
So the tools, like you said, are so important to make sure that there's collaboration. You use Slack, we use Microsoft Teams. Um, as soon as COVID hit and we started, continued to use Teams, but we started turning cameras on so that we could see each other. There was that connectivity. Um, so, you know, those things are so, so important to keep the team intact. And I love your um, unboxing. I might have to steal that idea sometime. <laughs> Stay tuned for the rest of today's interview after a brief word from our sponsor. Are you an expert in your field? Are you a woman who values thought leadership? We'd love to have you join us as a guest on an upcoming episode of Tech in the Right Direction. Visit us at directionstraining.com forward slash podcast to apply today. While there, be sure to check out Directions Training's newest initiative, the WIT Cloud Power Scholarship for Azure Fundamentals Certification. This year, we have offered 100 scholarships to women for the Microsoft Azure Fundamentals Training Course, valued at $950 per student as an opportunity to start their pathway to becoming a Microsoft Certified Professional. Help us continue to drive social change and the advancement of women in the technology industry. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. We now rejoin our host, Jennifer Didier, with today's guest. All right, so being an expert in digital marketing and SEO, uh, share with our listeners some of the trends that maybe you're seeing for the future. If they're in business, what should they be thinking about? Any uh, areas that seem to be growing faster than others? Yeah, so one thing that we're seeing is, and it's not necessarily a new digital marketing tactic, but we are seeing that businesses are gravitating towards this tactic, um, and they're trying to figure out how to leverage paid social media marketing and paid social media strategy for their business, because they know that everybody is at home, they're on their social media, they're, um, they're trying to connect with them in new ways. And they're trying to figure out what social media paid is and how it works for their business. And we have um, we have been asked about social media paid more in the past three to four weeks than the entire time we've been in business. And and it's interesting um, because we've found that a lot of businesses believe that let's just speak specifically to Facebook that that boosting a post on their Facebook business page is social media paid marketing. And it, it is a form of it because you're paying to boost a, um, something on your business page. You're paying to boost and get more engagement or eyeballs or visibility around um, something that you've put out there on your Facebook page. However, there's a whole other platform that people don't realize is there, and that's the Facebook Ads Manager, where you actually have more control and structure around that social media page that happens in Facebook. And, and so there's a whole lot that goes into to that and there's a lot more than just Facebook with social media paid but a lot of businesses are starting with Facebook and wanting to branch out from there and I think that that's definitely a trend that we're seeing with businesses now a trend with SEO and, and a trend in the, the technical side of it we're seeing obviously that um, there's an expansion into voice search uh, we're seeing that the the search engine algorithms, meaning when you go in and type a search uh, query or a search term in the search bar for Google, 
and you're wanting to find something that everyone knows Google is incredibly smart in the way that it serves up answers. Um, but it's getting even smarter to the point to where it's, um, its algorithms are, are really sophisticated in the way that it serves up that, that content and that information. And so we're seeing that businesses are needing to be very tactical when they decide to do things like, like start a new website or get a new website to make um, action happen for their business online, meaning that um, they need to make sure that all the technical pieces are in place and that their website structure and the content of that website is laid out so that it's going to work for Google and the way that Google is sending um, search searchers um, to businesses. So um, there's a lot of intentionality needed around SEO for businesses, and there's a lot of technicality to it. And I would say that a trend is that businesses are looking for strategists, not just designers and um, social media experts, but they're looking for SEO strategists that know how to advise them to make the right decisions before they actually take action. Yeah, that's really, really true. We're seeing that uh, as well because, like you said, you help companies with strategy and you need to have that strategy to bring it all together. It's not doing SEO here and paid ads here and, you know, separate um, separate functions that maybe are doing okay within their own. But if you make it cohesive and you put a strategy together, I think those could could be really far more beneficial and you get a better ROI uh, doing it that way. Absolutely. So let's uh, switch gears and talk a little bit about mentorship and specifically female mentorship because, you know, um, we really focus on women and women in business, women in technology. Um, so do you have a mentor um, currently? I know your uh, boss at one point was a great mentor to you and really brought you into this whole field. Um, but, you know, do you have a mentor currently? Are you a mentor to others? Tell us why it's important to uh, maybe have a mentor and how do you continue to keep that relationship that, you know, continues to last? Absolutely. So I, I do have, I have multiple mentors and over the last five years, when I first started, uh, started 15,000 cubits, I, I prayed for a Christian female business owner that would mentor me. And that, that prayer went somewhat unanswered for a few years. And, and I found myself reading books. Um, there's a great book by John C. Maxwell um, great leaders ask great questions. It's all about mentorship. And one of the things that I learned in that book and really where mentorship came to life for me in a different way was that John C. Maxwell says in the book that, that mentorship happens in many different ways. And so you may have identified that there are individuals that you wish would mentor you, yet they might be too busy um, to actually sit down and have an hour conversation with you at the structure that you think you need and mentorship. And it's about being prepared for the moments that you get with them to just glean what you can and appreciate what you can from the time that you have with them. And when I started taking those moments and really appreciating those that I had around me, 
and showing up prepared and following through and really being activated in those relationships to get the most out of them, I found that I had mentors all around me. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I started getting very intentional about um, adding value because that book actually talks about um, the fact that most people that you want to mentor you, they're very busy and they're successful. And that's why you want them to mentor you. And so the best way to get them to mentor you is to add value to them and to find a way to help them and create the relationship while you're helping them. And when I started doing that, I actually was able to create several great relationships that have become tremendous mentorship for me. And it's more of a friendship and a relationship. And, and there is that, that communication around the fact that I, I honor them as a mentor for me, but I also value their friendship and, and their relationship. And, you know, I think it's also important in mentorship to, to recognize that, that it doesn't have to come from somebody that's necessarily uh, a work professional mentor. Um, I've started to look for mentorship in, in all the aspects of my life, not just in work. And so I have a mentor that's my spiritual mentor. And I have a mentor that uh, is somebody that I really, um, a woman who I just think has tremendous balance in her life. And, and she helps uh, mentor me on that balance myself where I struggle and, and tend to lean into the professional side and find myself overextended. And, and I think just being aware of, um, of being open to mentorship in all of those different ways has been a very big thing for me. And then as far as mentoring others, it's one of my greatest joys. I absolutely love um, getting the chance to be a leader for somebody and allow them to learn from my mistakes and not their own and spend time empowering and lifting up others that, uh, that have that same respect for um, the process. That's great. You said a lot of great things in there. So um, I just want to expand on one area so our listeners can have an example. You said, you know, you need to add value to your mentor. And I know a lot of people who are looking for mentorship, they think, how am I going to add value? What what am I going to give them? They're such a successful person. They do everything so well. That's why I want them to be my mentor. Can you give us an example of uh, ways that you add value to your mentors? Absolutely. So, you know, specifically, I'm thinking about one individual. Um, it's There is an individual who I really wanted um, him to be a business mentor for me for a while. And I was trying to figure out how to approach it. And at the same time, I'd read that book. And in the book, it says um, to look for the things that are important and the things that are goals and taking up time for that individual that you want to mentor you. And then look for ways to proactively help them. And this individual is an author. And I knew that he was working on several different books. And so one of those books, I have some expertise in, and in that topic. And so I spent a lot of time gathering research and finding contacts and making introductions for him without ever being asked. And I just did that for a season, for a little more than a month. 
I, I just send contacts his way and I, I sent out resources for him. And over time, he started including me in the process. And um, then I found that he actually wanted to include me in helping with, um, with the book. And then from there, I was able, the relationship had been built and I was able to ask him and tell him about my business and ask him if he would consider mentoring me in a more formal way. And that has evolved into a formal uh, mentorship where if I ever run into um, any kind of problems where um, I have a conflict between um, what my Christian beliefs are and what I think my business decision needs to be or a business problem I'm running into, he is the person that I go to and I ask and, and I activate that mentorship relationship. And it all came back from being aware of what he was trying to accomplish in his life and looking at where I had influence and knowledge and adding that in without being asked, just taking the initiative to send over things that were helpful to him. That's a great example. And how, how it's, it's just a great story because you, you did it so well um, to bring it full circle and it, he got value out of it. You got value out of it. And it just makes a lot of sense. Um, so let's jump into uh, talking about some of the work that you're doing around supporting career development to victims of domestic violence and sexual abuse. What, what types of uh, work are you doing there and how are you helping? Yeah, so um, this, actually, this actually came because of um, a business problem that, that I encountered uh, about six months ago. I was finding that I had a hard time filling my pipeline with candidates that wanted to come in in an entry-level role and learn the basics of digital marketing and work in that role to move into more of a career, but really come in and just learn the processes and learn the ways that we do things. And, uh, you know, I approached my, my coach and mentor at the time, and I talked to him about this problem. And as we were talking, he mentioned that he was also mentoring somebody who was a director of a shelter for victims of domestic abuse and, um, and sexual abuse and domestic violence. And he made the introduction and he said, you never know, she might have some, some sort of a career development program um, that you might be interested in. And when I talked to her, she actually, um, you know, sh she actually said that that she was having a hard time finding new career paths for women and victims. It's not just women. I found as I've gone through the training, um, victims that have been um, moved out of their home and, and, and basically have lost everything in the journey to um, recreate their life and make it healthy and move out of this really difficult season that they've been through. And oftentimes they need a new career. They need a new job. And she was trying to drive forward a career development program, but she was having a hard time finding a fit that would turn into a career. They just ended up being jobs. And, and they weren't the, the individuals that, that were going into this program weren't really that interested in those opportunities because it wasn't something that would be able to evolve into a career with growth opportunity. And so when we talked, um, you know, she said that she thought it was a great fit and that there was an opportunity for it to evolve into a mentorship program as well as a career development program. 
And in order to do that, I would need to go through the training to become an advocate for victims of domestic violence and sexual abuse. And so uh, I went through a 40-hour training and got my certificate and am now an advocate for um, those victims. And uh, and I would say have learned so, I've learned so much about the strength that it takes for somebody to leave that situation and restart their life. And I'm very passionate about bringing opportunity and help to those victims and honoring their grit and their dedication to their future and oftentimes their children's future. And, and so what we are working on creating at our company is a mentorship and career development program for the victims of domestic violence and sexual abuse that are looking for new opportunities to create a new pathway in their life. And um, this is evolving into a really cool thing where other business owners, other female business owners are interested in this and they want to sign up to be mentors and they want to learn the program. So this is something that we're actively putting together and, and working on. And it's very close, near and dear to my heart. And I'm just grateful to have stumbled upon this, this need that I feel is out there. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you so much for what you do and your work around this because it's so, so much needed um, to help people get out of their situations and, like you said, have a healthy, uh, fruitful uh, career and life. So great job on that. Wow, this has been so much fun, so interesting. Uh, you have so much to share, and I could talk to you probably for hours. Um, but as we close, could you um, share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you and uh, best ways to get in touch? Absolutely. So first off would be our website. So it's www.15,000cubits.com. And on there, you can um, hit the contact us and that email comes straight to me. And you can fill in the field and um, uh, say anything if there's any in particular thing that you'd like to talk about. I'd love to hear from you. Great. Well, Leah, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, hope to have you on a future show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.